up, everything? Today, due to contractual obligations forced upon us by Gary Bettman and his cronies at the National Hockey League, we'll be talking about the Metropolitan Division. It's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it. So we'll talk about the Carolina Hurricanes, which is politically insensitive given what's going on on the eastern seaboard right now, but we'll do it anyway. Trigger warning for anyone who might be upset. And if you're upset about talking about the Philadelphia Flyers, you know, just in general, trigger warning for that too. Honestly, this whole division sucks and is terrible, so trigger warnings across the board, but at least we'll get to watch Mike Babcock and John Tortorella try to outcoach each other five times a year with their terrible teams. So let's get started, and let's get triggered. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Thursday, Wednesday, August thirtieth. Spoiler: Just kidding. Thursday is tomorrow, folks. But you <laughs> might be listening to this on Thursday because we don't control you. And also, I usually post it pretty late. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm I'm down here surviving Hurricane Idalia. No, no, t- no hurricane that rhymes with a type of onion in a city in Missouri should be able to do this much damage but you know in jacksonville it's been pretty minimal uh ian are you suffering the effects effects of hurricane idalia up there uh no i didn't even know that that was its name i didn't even know that was wow, a name you're a hurricane racist huh what's what are those onions they're not idalias vidalia yeah uh... see that's a real name idalia <laughs> idalia what Okay, that's pretty bad. No, I like uh, that. That's good. That's good. I dare you. Would. <laughs> so that was good. That was great. That's how they sound down there, you know, right? Yeah, you, you know, it's always funny when someone doesn't laugh but says that was. That's good. great. Oh. <laughs> it's not. It happens to me, and I guess it's not a huge pet peeve because I don't not actively think about it. But when I do think about the fact that there are people that just don't laugh at things and they go, "That's really funny," I'm like, I just don't laugh, or just I don't know, just don't say anything then. <laughs> I'd rather you laugh or do nothing than be like, that's funny. Like, okay, thanks. Um, I'd rather you say nothing at all. Even the guy who can't think said something. Exactly. And you just stand there. Uh, we've got the Metropolitan, not the Metropolitan, the Metropolitan. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say Pacific, but that's the boring division in our conference. We've got the <laughs> Metropolitan Division to preview today, and we're going to do it one team at a time. But before we do that, you know what I realized, uh, Ian? I'm not sure that we ever talked. Did we ever talk, actually talk? I know it's literally two months old now, but did we ever actually touch on Oscar Sundquist signing to stay here? Um, right? Did we? Didn't we? I feel like we, I feel like we literally just mentioned it, but that's it. But we should have done a freaking 30 minute piece because there's nothing, we got nothing. Um, Is he just signed for the one year or is he signed for two years? He signed one, I think. Yeah. Okay. But he'll be signing again. Oh, he's one of Army's guys. He's the new Robert Bortuzzo. He's this year's, last year's Robert Bortuzzo. Doug Armstrong was uh, a fucking failure for trading Oscar Sunquist and Jake Wallman for uh, Nick Letty. I'll stand by that forever. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. I guess he loves Jake it. Jake Wallman here. does hurt. That does hurt a lot. 
Yeah, I mean, he, Oscar Sunquist of those, must love it here because he was here earlier in the year, right? Watching the city games at City Park and mm-hmm. made you think something's in the water, something's cooking. And it was, he signed here. He'll be a great fourth line center. Will he be able to have magic here uh, with this team now that Ivan Barbashev's gone, though? Because that was the dynamic duo on the fourth That's line. That's true. I don't know, man. I mean, the team's changed a lot, but I just love having Sunquest back because it's like he's just like an, a mascot almost, you know? Like, I don't know. It's a, He's a human being. We need to emphasize that. <laughs> There's a real person in there. But, um, don't but, treat him like sludge. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like such a such an energy guy. Clearly loves the city. It's really nice. You know, I mean, I don't want to have the small market syndrome and I don't think St. Louis usually does because we do have so many athletes retire here, but it's really nice to have guys that just love your city and embrace the culture. Obviously he's gotten really into St. Louis city SC and, and all that stuff. That's just cool to have, you know, that's above and beyond the call of an athlete. And, and I'm just glad to have him back. Will he make a huge difference? No. Does it make us a playoff <laughs> contender? No, but do we love him? Yeah. Cause he's sunny. Plus now we can play that sunny song again. So, that's you know, right. there's just all these things to be happy about. Um, and plus we're trying to manufacture news stories that aren't the metropolitan division so that this podcast isn't, 30 minutes long because boy the metropolitan division is real boring uh carl haglin retired ian could you give us six minutes on your thoughts (laughs) on the career of carl haglin i will tell you that i did think about him once earlier this summer and i think it was just a pakdoku it was and then i think i spiraled into what happened to that guy he was part of the hbk line and was very good and speedy and had a lot of value and is he just old was he beat up? I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't I mean, think I he think was so speed... old that he should have like I think retired. he's a speed guy who uh lost it. <laughs> it's just not he's too old to be a speed guy anymore, you know. Oh, it's sad. I mean, it's sad, but it happens. Didn't he he won cups, didn't he? he must have. Yeah, he won with the, won with the Pittsburgh Penguins. and Washington, maybe? maybe. Or was it just Pittsburgh? He was on Washington for a while. He was. Find out. There are ways to Google this. Why are we doing okay, a retrospective Carl, on Carl Hagelin? Because we got to fill time. Folks, hey, we got to fill time. This is how the sausage is made. Oh, it's Carl with a C. I've been wanting to fill time with you all day, Ian. He's a two-time cup winner. Let's see. That must have been... Uh, let's see. Pittsburgh, obviously, in 16-17. Then I guess 17-18. Yeah, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Then he was on Washington in 1819. So he just missed the boat. Just almost almost was uh, Pat Maroon before Pat Maroon. He was almost last year's (laughs) Pat Maroon. Last year's, last year's, last year's, last year's Pat Maroon. And I finished wrapping the birthday gifts I had to wrap. So now I'm fully locked in on that podcast, <laughs> just in time to talk about Honest to God, and I think my least favorite team in the National Hockey League, it's the Carolina Hurricanes. I have, there's nothing wrong with this team, and yet I can't stand them. And I don't know why. It's not that I can't stand them. It's that I want to like them a lot, but they just keep sucking so carolina hurricanes we all know the story they're good until they're not they win until they don't they kill until they get killed um they're freddy krueger until they're freddy prince jr it's that classic (laughs) story of the team 
that just can't quite get over the line. And really, I guess I hate them because they are the blues from like 2014 to 2017 or so, you know, Mm -hmm. they just keep being that team that everybody's like, oh, you got to be careful about the blues this year. But we all know you don't. You don't really, you know, maybe if you're in the first round or the second round, but you ain't got to really worry about them. And that's how I feel about the Carolina Hurricanes. They've had a lot of little moves this summer. Uh, they brought in David Keza, who I don't know anything about. Uh, they brought in Caleb Jones, which is just another gross, good depth defenseman signing that they do. I would have liked to get Caleb Jones on a one-year $775,000 contract, but uh, RGM isn't good at stuff like that. That just happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, mm-hmm. They re-signed Sebastian Ajo to the, the big ticket, a good piece of business, you might say, Ian. <laughs> Eight years at almost $10 million per season. They brought in Tony D'Angelo after he was brought out, brought in Brendan Lemieux. Didn't those two have a fight once? That's probably uh, <laughs> knowing them. Um, and then, of course, Michael Bunting, Dmitry Orlov. Those were both uh, big, interesting, great signings, creative signings at good price points. Um, and Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta come back to be the goaltending duo that we will all be saying all season. Is this goaltending duo good <laughs> enough to win a cup? Uh, they signed Jordan Stahl, who's 34, to a four-year contract extension, which is a decision. And uh, they're basically reloading and trying to be good again. But, you know, they're still the team. They're still a team. So what are your thoughts on the Carolina Hurricanes, Ian? I mean, yeah, it's very much, they're very much the Blues of yesteryear, the Sharks before that. Just a very good team that can't quite get over that hump. And that hump uh, tends to be the third round for them, which really sucks because you're awfully close and then you just can't do it. Got swept out of it last year. Uh, got swept out of it in 2019 when the Bruins made it to the Stanley Cup final. Last year, they finished first in the Metropolitan, 52-21-9. Um, they, I guess they would, didn't win the East, but um, still the best team in their division by only a point with New Jersey behind them. Will they still be that good this year? Yes. Will they still have playoff struggles? Probably yes. Like it's it, it's like the Blues, right? It's just gonna be, it's just gonna be a random year where you just think that they're fine, or maybe even a year. I guess like if it's gonna compare it to the Blues, a year where they're actually not very good <laughs> that they that they end up winning the cup because it just feels like I'm not gonna believe it until I see it. A very stack team a team that's got more depth on defense than they did before which is kind of crazy to say because i think that's like one of their biggest strengths um Mm -hmm. and yet i still question whether they can get it done in the postseason it's a shitty position to be in just because it kind of makes you not give a crap about regular season as much just because you know you'll be making it into the playoffs out of this division just a matter of how far you can go and what steam you might lose hopefully um Svechnikov won't be hurt for the entirety of the playoffs, so that should help them a little bit uh, if they get lucky in that regard. Yeah, I know. You mentioned their goaltending. You know, there's always a mystery shadow third goaltender for this team that you've never heard of with some crazy Mm -hmm. name like Nedeljkovic and Snechevignan. The Metalloid Maniac. Yeah, Yeah, Metalloid Maniac. The the metal is his ground. I can't, I can't stress that enough. Yeah, he built the whole field. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, good, good luck to them. I say. <laughs> it's just hard to get fired up about them because you I, know it's annoying too because they get 
they get talked about a lot too. Yeah. They're like, oh, the Carolina Hurricanes got to watch out for them. And I'm like, do I, do I really like, yeah, it's just, yeah, I think they're, they're getting kind of boring. They're almost like the, they're kind of like the, they're whatever state rival. I guess they don't actually touch each other. South Carolina, no, they're in North Carolina. Okay. never mind. My geography is all fucked. Um, they're a lot like the Tampa Bay Lightning before they started winning cups where it's like, this is a really good team. This is a fantastic team but they just don't win the cup. So it's like, maybe they'll get there. All these teams we're comparing them to eventually did win a cup. So I guess other than the Sharks, one went. Um, so That's maybe the maybe it's their Joe year. Thornton. Maybe, but it's probably not. We all know that, right? Yeah. Like, we're all on the same page, huh? Yes? Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Um, uh, all right. That's all good. That's all well and good. We did it. Um it's all good. So <laughs> the next team on our list, I don't care about the Carolina Hurricanes anymore, is the Columbus Blue Jackets, who I also don't care about. But to be fair, that's only because they've given me nothing to care about ever. Uh, Ivan Provorov comes in in a, a very creative deal with a lot of moving pieces. Um, good for them to get a good defenseman. Hopefully he uh, kind of you know stable, stabilizes himself after those tough few years, uh, Johnny Gaudreau is a player that is on this team. If you believe it or not, you know, that was a big story. A couple of years ago, people might remember last summer, uh, didn't have such a great first season there. Um, but you know, the blue jackets, you know, they should have the talent where they can start to be at least not an embarrassment. Embar- my voice just broke, uh, an embarrassment, you know, they've got, They've got Goudreau, they've got um, they've got Kent Johnson, who had a great rookie season. Um, contender, I think, not a finalist, but a contender for the a Calder Trophy. Um, Patrick Wine, if if he can ever find solid footing. Um, you've got Boone Jenner, Jack Ross. I mean, you know what? They don't have that great a team. There's not that <laughs> much there. They do have Adam Ventilli. They should have a good defense with Wierenski and Provorov at the top. Their goaltending is still very, very, very bad. Um, I love Elvis Merzlikens as a human being. Um, Ian, uh, you want to hear their goalies? They had six goalies who started at least one game last year. Do you want to hear their goals against averages? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Junis Corpusalo, the best goalie, 3.17. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens, the uh, most frequent starter, uh, 4.23. Daniil Tarasov, 3.91. Michael Hutchinson, you remember Michael Hutchinson still an NHL goalie? The 4.29. John Gillies, you remember John Gillies, the former blue, 4.57. And Jet Greaves, who has the best name of all these people, and one of them's named Elvis, uh, (laughs) 3.05. So maybe some hope from Jet Greaves, uh, you know, because he seems to have been uh, great in his one game. But uh, yeah, it's a rough go of things. Uh, It's it's just not great. It's just not terrific. And um, I don't know. Fantilli, do you think he starts this year? Do you think he has another year in college? What do you think is going to happen there? Uh, I mean, if I were him, I guess I'd start playing there, but it's going to be hard to because they have uh, Babcock as their coach, which is not. Ugh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I was going to mention that. Yeah. But I forgot. 
not historically a great uh, coach for young players, um, uh-huh. but you got to hope that you're probably just going to outlast him anyway. So might as well just get your NHL career started. Um, you can play with Johnny Gaudreau uh, on your left wing. You play Patrick Klein on your right wing. You know, you could have a really fun top line. Uh, you've got young players in Johnson and uh, Kirill Marchenko, who would you believe had 25 points last year? This 22-year-old I've never heard of. 25 points, 21 goals, and four assists. So I was like, wowzers. Wow. Um, wow. Wowie. <laughs> that could be interesting. You'll have a full year, hopefully, of a uh, a healthy um, Orinsky. But having said all that, that's like, those are all the positives. Like, it's going to be hard for this <laughs> team <laughs> in this division to make a lot of headway. Like, I'm looking at this division, and maybe eventually you leapfrog. You might be better than the Flyers, um, but you weren't even better than the Flyers last year. They finished, uh, the Blue Jackets finished dead last in their division with 59 points. Philly was uh, 16 points ahead of them with 75. And so maybe you leapfrog them. Maybe eventually you jump over Washington or Pittsburgh as they start to fall or the Islanders they start to fall. I just don't know that any of those three teams are going to fall so hard and you're going to make up so much ground that you're going to jump them um it's Mm -hmm. it's going to be rough i don't know it's going to be a transition year both behind the bench and also just with some of these young players and i think they still gotta to do a lot of um a lot of good drafting over the next couple years to get this team like off the floor again Mm -hmm. open the door get off the floor everybody be a columbus blue jacket right that's right i got all that's (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it it total suffering in Columbus. Um, they had that one. They had that one year where they really pushed and decided they were going to make the playoffs um, and kept uh, uh, Panarin and Bobrovsky and and they go get like Taylor Hall or somebody weird like Matt Duchesne maybe like they got somebody that year too. They traded at the deadline and they kind of cleaned out the cupboard and you know. Oh yeah, they and, got Duchesne and Dzingel. For their like run into the second round, and then they yeah. just got pulverized. Yeah. Um, so uh, you can argue, you can still argue if that was a good decision. Um, you know, I think there's, I think there's very fair cases on both sides. It's a team that had never had any playoff success, so to get some, mm-hmm. uh, maybe is is okay. Maybe that's a justified use of your time but uh you know they they also then haven't made the playoffs for um you know or haven't even come close haven't been competitive for a number of years so pretty much ever since then yeah yeah so it's hard to know exactly where you draw the line of worthwhileness there um but uh you know i think whatever you want to make that argument i'm i could see either side of it Um, i i do have to wonder though about like well, Mike Babcock, obviously, but then above him, even like Kekalainen, I don't know how you can, I don't know what his contract situation is, but like, he can't be there much longer if you're the <laughs> owner, just because like, he's, I mean, I want to be nice because he was, you know, part of the Blues front office and he did a good job, you know, with drafting, got us like Schwartz and Tarasenko and stuff, but like, he's not been a good GM in Columbus, like, He's done some creative stuff and under his watch, yeah, they've they've made the playoffs a couple of times. They've gotten past the first round, first time in franchise history. They swept um, the lightning to do it. 
like very cool, has some like interesting players and Goudreau and Lyonnais and has done some stuff, but it's like, that's it. It's like, oh, those are kind of cool little points and cool little moves. But like in terms of like success and what they have to show for it, it's really nothing. And it, it just kind of blows my mind that they're like, you know, he's, he's a tough negotiator and blah, blah, blah. And he really understands the market. And I'm like, I guess that's why you, they hold <laughs> on to him was like, well, he just really understands Columbus. And I'm like, is that that hard? I don't know. It just, yeah. it strikes me as odd that he's been there so long without like, his seat even feeling warm i feel like yeah i think the the links that uh, especially mid-level nhl clubs will go to to and i don't mean mid in the like insulting sense although i guess i kind of do <laughs> um but like uh you know like uh just kind of mid-market sort of teams small market teams whatever you want to call them the amount of uh pain that those people will go to through to justify keeping a um like um an okay gm mm-hmm. is kind of depressing you know i mean we've <laughs> seen it with the david Poyle. it's it's uh not it's ridiculous but um we've seen it you know there too because he's a guy that they didn't have much success they went to the the Stanley cup final one time in 20 plus years. And we're supposed to believe this is one of the greatest GMs to ever do it, by the way, in a market that literally everyone wants to play it like mm-hmm. Columbus, at least you can make the argument of like, well, Yarma's fighting an uphill battle. Nobody wants to go True. there, but like, that's not an argument you can obviously make with David Boyle, who can convince anyone to sign there, even if the team's rebuilding and doesn't have a roster cough, looking at you, Ryan O'Reilly cough, cough. But in any case, you know, like just I some teams' philosophies, I guess they just don't want the change. They don't want to take the chance. And even if what they have is pretty mid, they will settle for it instead of, you know, pushing the envelope at all, which is a want better for yourself, you know? Yeah, you're right. This is an opportunity for all of us to learn about self-improvement. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's uh that's all I've got on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Anything else you want to say about this accursed team? No, I'm, you know, best of luck to Infantilly underneath Mike Babcock. You're going to, you're going to need it. Exactly. Don't make any lists. He asked you to make a list. <laughs> Just like I walk it. out the door. He could say, Hey, can you make a grocery list for yourself? That's something, you know, you kids got to learn when you're out on your own and just fucking don't do it. Yeah. Just walk away. Just walk away. Um, like your Kelly Clarkson. Uh, that was the Kelly Clarkson song, right? Just walk away. You know the song. Everybody knows the song. Ian, tell us <laughs> like, what the New Jersey Devils did this summer. They didn't made, walk away. They ran that song, to yeah. add a bunch of players. Tell us what the Devils did. Please distract us. Uh, they, they, I guess they had much on the, the trade market. Actually, they did. So they traded for Colin Miller uh, from the Dallas Stars for a fifth-round pick. They traded for Tyler Toffoli um, from the Calgary Flames and giving up Igor Sharangovich in a third-round pick. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood went to the Sharks for a six-round pick, and then they also traded for Shane Bowers from the Boston Bruins. Why do I know that name? Is that like a significant name? Uh, he was a, I believe he was a, um, or was he a Leaf at some point? Prospect. Or okay, I believe it was an Avalanche prospect who was supposed to be pretty good, but it doesn't seem like he's going to become anything. Gotcha. I was like, I've heard the name before. Uh, then the Devils this summer were pretty active. Way back in April, they signed Luke Hughes to his entry-level contract. Uh, they signed Jesper Bratt 
to an extension at eight year, 7.7 million per extension. They signed Eric Halla to a, or they re-signed him for three years. They signed uh, Timo Meyer to an eight year, $8.8 million contract extension. And they signed some, some smaller guys, Michael McLeod, Eric Kahlgren. That guy, goalie, yeah? Do they say Shalgren? Shalgren, yes. Weird. Okay. Uh, Nathan Bastian, Chris Tierney. But, you know, obviously the big signings are Brought and Meyer, keeping them on the team, trading for Tyler Toffoli. We talked about the Devils on the last episode for the Misery Index, that they're just one of the better, more exciting teams in this entire league. I think last year they they showed up on the scene and you had, um, not Luke Hughes, who's the other one? Quinn, no, not Quinn. <laughs> Which one is he? Jack. The third Jack. one, Jack Hughes. Gotta watch Jack so hard to remember. <laughs> Obviously, he's very underrated. Um, you don't you know, know Jack, to... you might That's say. That's right. He's had a breakout season. They've got like a really lethal top six now. Um, defense, you know, eh, you got Dougie to Hamilton. Who, I don't even know who else you have on that defense. They're okay. Um, goaltending, we'll have to see how they deal with that too i mean there are some question marks right like they have schmied they have vanacek they still have blackwood or did they get rid of blackwood i think he's gone i think okay not that not that matters too much is there two guys in vanacek and schmied like schmied could be a flash in the pan you know i don't know that he's going to be anything huge vanacek had a pretty decent season last year i mean on 9 11 save percentage in a season where the save percentages across the board were down, not so bad. Um, and they seem to be able to outscore their problems too. I think it's going to be them and Carolina at the top again, fighting for first in the Metropolitan. I could also see like this team doing even more damage in the playoffs. They're young, they're hungry. They beat the New York Rangers last year in the first round. That was a, you know, a relatively, uh, I'd still call it an upset. And then they ended up losing to, Carolina? Did they lose to Carolina in the second round? I guess so, because then Carolina went on to lose to Florida. Um, and I think you're going to have New Jersey, Carolina probably in the second round again this year. They're a really fun team. I'm looking forward to watching games uh, when they're playing because they're just, I don't know, they're very speedy. They're very creative. They play in a fun division where you you can see them play like the Penguins or the Rangers um, and some of these larger teams and these large markets. And you just get a lot of back and forth between those fans, I feel like, in the whatever you call it, the tri-state area over there on the East Coast. So I expect a lot from them this year. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody does. They think they're they're probably, I don't want to overemphasize, but they're probably that team that like we're like one year ahead of them being like killers, you know, and people mm-hmm. are like, oh, they're gonna be unstoppable this year. And it's like they'll be very good. It's gonna take a year or two for them to be like, you know cream of the crop oh, yeah like, you remember how the avalanche had a couple years where they had all the pieces assembled and yet they struggled you know and yeah i mean i definitely wouldn't put money on them to win the cup this year by any means yeah i don't think they quite have everything going for them just yet but um but yeah i think you're right it's one of those things where it's like that's crazy to watch them play and how good they are and to think that they're probably just going to get better and you're probably going to see their GM tinker around the edges to try and get some better defensemen in there and just solidify this entire core, um, which is kind of scary because they're already pretty good. You know what they need? They need Devin Taves. That feels like, you know, that's the avalanche move. They went and got Devin Taves. 
I mean, they're not, you're not going to get Devin Taves, but you need to get the next Devin Taves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Devin Taves is a stud. Um, and he will be a free agent in a year or two if the Avalanche don't resign. There you go. You can go get Devin Taves. I don't know how you don't keep him, though. You got to find a way to keep him if you're the Avalanche. He's so good. It's stupid. It's stupid how good he is. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Devils, what more can you say about them? They're going to be really good. They're going to be very good. Um, It'll be cool to see Luke Hughes play a whole season. They still have, I think we maybe talked about this recently, but don't they have, still have like Nimich or some mm-hmm. other like stud young defenseman? And then, you know, you've got to assume that they've at least got a strong case to be made to get Quinn Hughes's services one day. Um, if that, you know, opportunity rises sooner or later. Um, just That's true. I mean, I forgot. He'd probably play this year, I think, right? I don't know uh, if he's come over, but I mean, he could. Nimitz, that is. Oh, Nimitz, yeah. Nimitz could probably play this year, but why rush it, you know? True. Why rush the Russian, which is not what he is, of course. Um, what was he, Slovak? Weren't he and Slavkovsky, yeah, Slavkovsky yeah. both Slovakian? Um, anyway, uh, that's the New Jersey Devils. To go to another new team that is not so new it's the new york islanders who uh won't won't be good this year i feel pretty confident in saying um i can't imagine that they're gonna be very fun (laughs) yeah Um, i guess that's been true for many many years but like just even looking at their signings this summer, I put it in quotes because it's like they didn't, it's it's the same people. Wow, they re-signed Scott Mayfield for seven years, 3.5 million. Also, like a 30-year-old for seven years is not like a lot of money every year, but I'm like, oh, these people, these GMs just love signing. Like, I'm not going to call Scott Mayfield a bottom tier or like a middling player but like he's not like he's not playing top pair minutes for them right and i get they're not paying him necessarily for that but you're signed him for seven years i'm like that's a long time buddy for a 30 year old uh they you know they re-signed uh julius roken or they signed him a contract extension eight years 8.25 million it's a lot of money for a goalie but he's also very very good they uh signed pierre engvall who they already had but they signed him for seven years for three million dollars a year again like a a depth player for a long time like i don't know it's just they love getting that aav down oliver wallstrom that was their guy already yeah yeah resigning like these are all their own dudes and like this cool i just say like cool those are good players but like you, you didn't do anything you literally moved josh bailey out for nothing which i get he either wanted to leave or you weren't going to keep him for what he wanted but like that's like your move that's the only move. <laughs> that's the only really is, change you made to this is this it is this your move uh that's i mean they made the playoffs reference. last year right yeah they did but who'd they lose i mean they've the got Ilya sorokin who's a stud and they gave him oh, a good contract so you know they've got that going for him but this team just not good. And this is another case where it's like, I get that Lou Lamorello was supposedly just the best GM in the world mm-hmm. 20 years ago. The dude is like a thousand. 
He's, he's I mean, 80. This dude, this dude looks older than Joe Biden and Joe Biden not doing so hard, you know? So like <laughs> also no business. Yeah. Also no business. Joe Biden has no business leading let's, the New York Islanders. Let's not let Lula 80 year olds run no business things. leading the free world. I don't want to be ageist, Ian, but if these people want to run a frozen banana stand, I've been watching a lot of Arrested uh, Development. Or a bar in Philadelphia, I've been watching a lot of It's Always Sunny. <laughs> or a coffee shop called Central Perk, for example. If they want to do any of those things, fine. But we're talking about NHL teams and the United States government. Equally complicated and uh, worldly significant bureaucracies. And I'm just not sure that this needs to be happening anymore, which is not an endorsement of any political party or candidate. It's just a general complaint against 70,000 year old people being president. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say, yeah, if I'm 80 and someone's like, you shouldn't be do- running whatever I'm probably, I'm, yeah, you're right. And also I'm not going to be what 80 year old like has, man, that's crazy. Good for you for having ambition at 80. Cause I'm like, I'm fucking out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be going on a fucking beach, man. I'm not like sitting there being like, "Well, what do the spreadsheets tell us?" Be like, I'm, gonna be that. Drink- I'm gonna be drinking moon juice with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> I'm not gonna be signing your fancy veto, you know. That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the Islanders, you've got the Sorokin factor, and he's probably good enough to keep you competitive. You added Bo Horvat, good for you, I guess. Um, you That's know, true, is Oliver yeah. Wallstrom finally gonna be good? I don't know. Do they have some young players that uh, that I don't know about that are coming up uh, that you know might change about, the fortunes of this Hudson team a little fashing. bit? Just kidding. They were twenty seventh in the NHL pipeline rankings for last year from Corey Promen. That doesn't help. Um, That's right. But you know that doesn't look like they're in a lot of great shape. And I just think uh, you know maybe uh, maybe this team maybe uh, not the eighty two year old man as your GM anymore. I don't know. Just a thought, um, just an idea that I had. Feel free um, to ignore it or take. They have a lot of old players. Like I can't find the like the average right now, but like they have last year one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight that played forty nine or more games for them. And Kyle Palmieri, Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, Matt Martin, Josh Bailey. Um, Simeon Varlamov was a goalie, so he didn't play quite as many. Cal Clutterbuck and Zach Parise, like those are old dudes logging like a lot of games for you. And your transition is to go to, you know, Matt Barzell is only 25. Anthony Bavillier is he's only 25, but he's not like he's not a point producer. He had like 20 points last year, granted on like 50 games, but like. That's not a huge stud for you. Noah Dobson's only 23 on defense. You know, he had almost 50 points. That's cool. But like, that's just not (laughs) when that's your, when that's your fun young player that's in your system right now, or like coming onto the scene is like your 50 point defenseman at age 23. That's just not exciting. And they're not a team that has, like you said, a great pipeline. There isn't like, oh, well, you'll see in a couple of years, they're really going to turn up the heat. It's like, no, they don't have anything coming and they don't really have, they don't have a GM that really is, I'm going to say very forward thinking, like both mm-hmm. in terms of the fact that he's just old and I'm sure he's like, like many old people. And that's just, you know, happens. You're stuck in your ways, but also like, why would he care about what this team's going to look like 
in two or three years. Maybe he's still there. He's very old and keeps working, but also realistically he's probably not. So like, I don't think I would give a shit either. Like they really do need a change from the top. Like they need a new GM. They need a hungry GM. They probably need a new coach. I'm trying to remember. Well, I don't think it has to be from Hungary, but you know, just anywhere. <laughs> hey, oh, <laughs> yeah. Gotta be turkey. pretty quick to sneak one past a little steaming. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's, that sums up the Islanders. Just, you know, we need to find jokes because there's just nothing here. Well, the Islanders are the joke. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much speaks for itself. Go see the Islanders. Have a laugh. But, Doctor, I am the Islanders. <laughs> oh, Ian. Ian, what are we going to do with the Islanders? Dump it. Dump it. Trash <laughs> it. This one's garbage. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's do, let's do the New York Rangers. Um, and then we have to take a break from recording for a little while, but there won't be a break in the podcast because that's not how things work. But maybe we'll put in ads. Maybe we'll just steal the ads from Puck Soup, just put them in all the Oh, is that bad? Um, like, that can't be bad. Like, I mean, they not... can't be mad. What are they going to do? Like, oh, these guys suck. You know, we're literally advertising for you and you're not paying us. And we also don't care. That's right. Would it count as like free pub, though? It might count as free oh, pub. Oh, free pub. Um, no free pub. That's right. Uh, the Islanders didn't do a lot. They got the Blake Wheeler deal. That's a good little deal for them. Um, they brought uh, Jonathan Quick in. That's a terrible decision. They brought Nick Benino in. I can't believe that guy has retired. Our old pal Tyler Pitlick is a New York Ranger. Uh, they re-signed Keandre Miller to a good cap hit, but they might have wanted to sign him and lock him up longer. Obviously, we'll still be an RFA at the end of the deal. And they gave Alexi Lafreniere $2.3 million a season, which means you really have to, which proves that you really have to accomplish absolutely nothing as a first overall pick to still make millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um they acquired Jaden Grubby Grub from the New York from the, or they sent him to the Edmonton Islanders, Edmonton Islanders, Jesus, <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers, um, and uh, pretty much pretty much reloading with the same team with the addition of Blake Wheeler, who I think is a good addition. But Ian, I think if you went back to our Metro preview from last year, you would have found me pretty confidently saying that I think this was a team set to take a step back. And I was right. Anything you want to say or add about the Rangers? Yeah, it's they're in a rough spot. They kind of hit the peak of their rebuild a little bit. Like they uh-huh. sort of hit it early uh, once they brought in Panarin and it was full steam ahead. And then they had some coaching changes and now they're, they have another coaching change and they have Laviolette behind the bench. And I think it says a lot about what state your team's in that early on, um, or I guess late in the summer, early in the fall as hockey talk starts to pick up that their Alexi... team's in new york ian just to, just yeah. to clarify that's what state their team is in oh yeah yeah i just thought you'd man he's man, he's quick today <laughs> yeah i know uh the just that the the story is that alexi lafreniere is like oh well it's a two-year contract but really it's kind of like a one-year contract in new york because if he's not good this year they're gonna move him out and that's like an easy number to move and everything and it's like okay he does need to be better and it does suck that your like first overall pick isn't necessarily working out, but also there's like a lot of other issues with your team. Mm-hmm. The fact that there's like no defense and you pretty much have to just lean on Shesterkin to be otherworldly in order for your team to play well. And you, you haven't looked great in the playoffs. 
the, you've only looked good in the playoffs when you've scored a shit ton of goals. And while they still have that ability with Benarin and Zabenajad and Fox, um, Trocek, Kreider, like you've got a lot of guys who can score. You did also lose um, Tarasenko and Kane, who granted didn't do great for you in the playoffs, but probably could have done pretty good for you for an 82-game regular season. Blake Wheeler, a good player, but 36 and not someone you can necessarily count on, um, you know, moving forward past the season. It's just kind of, I don't know, the, a lot of shuffling. You get Nick Benino, Tyler Pitlick, all that stuff. We're just like, well, we hope this team can learn and do better underneath basically a new coach. Um, and that's, I don't know, that would be a huff or a, a huff, a rough, a tough pill for me to swallow if I'm a <laughs> Rangers fan. Um, uh-huh. Just to be like, it's the same group, but just a new coach. And you know what? To be fair, the coach they brought in does get like quick results, but he will not be there in like, like I don't know, two years from now. He'll have this season, next season, maybe a third season, and he's gone. Like oh, that's yeah. pretty much um, Laviolette's mo. So like maybe they do really well this season, but if you don't win a cup this season, I don't think it's getting. I literally think you should just fire him because I think it's just going to be two years of stepping back and stepping back unless you make some huge moves, which you might. They might very well do because James Dolan's their owner and might demand it. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're in a bad spot, but uh, you know they're the Islanders, so they'll find a way to make it even worse. And by the Islanders, I mean the Rangers. Apparently, I'm obsessed on the Islanders. I want to put them in every city and every he situation. Hates geriatrics. That's right, and I hate Jerry. I don't have another Jerry. I wouldn't say Jerry Lillard because I like him. So, you know, we'll come back. When we come back from this break, I'll hit you with a Jerry that I don't like. But let's be honest. Chances are I won't remember. But thanks, folks. Hang in there for the literal two seconds. We'll be away. Welcome back, everyone. We have been away for four hours. But for you, it wasn't even four seconds. That is the wonders of technology. And Ian, <laughs> since uh, we've parted ways, I've dined in the presence of greatness. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, came to the same restaurant I was at, uh, you know, because he wanted to see me. I don't I don't <laughs> like to admit it, but I'm very popular with NFL quarterbacks. And uh, yeah, his hair is just as long in person as it is everywhere else. So good for him. I drafted him in a fantasy league last night though. So I assume that this is a sign from God, <laughs> you know, you didn't go up and talk to him. You got lucky. I got a lot of money right. riding on you this season. Yeah, exactly. Don't uh, it, fuck me. In any case, uh, we finished with the New York Rangers. We were kind of rushed with the Rangers. Um, is there anything you want? I mean, I, I think this is kind of a, Kind of a critical year for them. Obviously, if if Kako and Lafreniere don't become anything more than they uh, became over the last several years, it's probably time to move on from one or both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things where it's like they're fine players. Like Lafreniere, I don't think is Yakupov. Like he's close in terms of bus level, but that's he's not like that kind of a bad player, you know. Right. But like, it's just one of those things where you probably have to, it's kind of like that Eric Johnson, you know, it's like, okay, we just both deserve a fresh start, you know, <laughs> and then, then you go from there. Um, but yeah, anything else you wanted to say about the Rangers before we finish? Yeah, there's some weird spot. I mean, they'll make the playoffs for sure. 
it's just a matter of maybe what moves they make um, during the season and before the trade deadline to see if maybe they can shore up uh, defense or maybe if they can actually like become more of a well-rounded team and not just offense on, offense off. True. Uh, real quick, do you like my alligator farm cup that changes colors when it gets cold? Oh, just it's like an clear, alligator. But it becomes green when it becomes like an alligator. And Ian... They just they were just giving these away, okay? <laughs> With the purchase of like an eight dollar small soda, but still they just gave it away. I could have bought so many eight dollar small sodas. They were just giving me new. That's cups. right. They would have given me another cup. Uh, they would have been like, "Do you want to refill on that one?" And I'm like, "No, I want another cup." Uh, anyway, speaking of people that want another cup but aren't going to get one, it's the Philadelphia Zayo. Not for a long, long, long time. Uh, these were, this was what our, our penultimate team in the misery index only mm-hmm. because they're not probably going to relocate in the next year. But, <laughs> um, wow. I mean, you got a team here that just isn't very good and, uh, they traded some salary out this summer. They brought in Massimo Rizzo, which sounds very, uh, New York more than Philly, but you know, they tried. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave us Kevin Hayes, obviously, ate half of his salary. I believe it was fifty percent, right? I think so. It must yeah, I'm be. pretty sure it was. And Ivan Provorov as well. I can't remember if they ate salary on Provorov too. Uh, but um, that uh, that's pretty good, huh? I mean, you know, they got <laughs> rid of some people. Cal Peterson came comes in to back up. Uh, um. Cor- Corey Hart, Car- Carter Hart, Hart, Carter Hart, and uh, yeah, I mean, what else? They uh, they they brought in, they drafted Oliver Bonk and uh, Matt Vaymichkov. Uh, you know, good draft for them. Those are like good moves. Yeah, they signed Cam York uh, to a two-year deal, who is supposed to be their defenseman of the future. I don't know if they still think he is or not. Um, but basically, not a lot of change here. And probably not a team that thinks they're going to do anything, um, which is better. I mean, it better to be in that situation than the team that still thinks they're competitive when they honest, obviously aren't. But considering they've been that team for the last, what, half a decade, it's not that much progress, you know, so. What's well, a new era of Orange, Stephen? That's true. That's uh, that's rough. Yeah, they're. I mean, Travis Konechny was their highest score, a point per game. He only played sixty games last year with sixty-one points. Kevin Hayes with fifty-four, and he's he's out the door. Um, and all these guys are like minus, 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 minus. Tony D'Angelo not there anymore. Minus twenty-seven last year. Yeah, I mean, it was a terrible year last season for them. Um, it's probably not going to be much better this year. I, I don't know. I feel. I don't feel very hopeful for them, even for the future, because I'm still worried about the fact that they have like three or four old flyer retirees in the front office that still like have way too much say in this organization. Um, And I hope that they let Danny Breer do his work, but I don't have a lot of faith that they will. And they also just reek of a franchise or a market that like in a couple years, when they're a little bit better, they'll be like, okay, we got a spring for fucking whoever 2026 is Artemi Panarin as we really got to get that guy in here and then just like try and push way too early 
to try and be relevant and be in the playoffs again. I feel like if they want to do this thing right, they really need to strip it down to the studs um, even more than they have already and and just go full youth movement. But I don't know that I don't know that they are completely committed to that right now. I know they're committed to a rebuild. No, they've used the word, which I mean, as silly as it is, using the word is a big deal in this league because everyone wants to talk about freaking retools. Um, so that's good. I just I don't know. I've I need to see I need to see more. I need to see more in terms <laughs> of how committed they are to this. And I mean, they can show that this season by a still sucking and b maybe even trading away some more pieces. Um, I don't know that Travis Konechny is going to want to be here for a full rebuild. Um, some of these other guys as well. Is Sean Couturier and, dead also? I mean, he seems pretty much, he seems like that every season. I feel like yeah. he's a good player that just has tons of injury issues. Um, I don't know. It's he's He's another guy that could easily be dealt. I feel like that even how much did he even play last year? Sean Couturier. Did he play at all? According um, to this, he didn't play at all. He might have been on LTIR all year. Jesus. He really might have been. Well, I mean, you can definitely do that. You can do that when you're hurt. Um, so, I mean, if they have him this season, maybe they'll be a little better. I don't know that you even really want to be a little better. Uh, maybe he'll hurt them in that regard. But... And then they still have John Tortorella, who you love to hate, hate to love. He's there. He's certainly a coach. I don't know that I'd want him on my rebuilding team with a bunch of young guys. I don't know. I I I I have defended John Tortorella in the past. I think John Tortorella is exactly the guy you want if you're two years past your window and trying to get the most out of a team that should basically be done. You know, like if you want to get a team that should be 10 points out of the playoffs, into the playoffs, John Tortorella, that's your guy. But um, if you're trying to get a young team to build up and be better, I don't know how you can possibly justify having john tortorella as your guy yeah um can you do me a favor know. the flyer sure. the flyers they suck right can you turn around and look at your tv and see if there's a second red card um watching klaus is running there's some pulling on klaus oh was there a headbutt to your the thornson hold on we're about to see there is not a second red card I don't think there was a yellow card, maybe. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Okay. Sorry. It was, they showed a red card on this image <laughs> and they showed two people's names next to it in two different times. And I'm assuming those are both just penalty times. And obviously the first one was the red card. And I was like, holy shit, are there two red cards? They should just like, if you get two red cards in a game and the other team doesn't also have a red card, they should just end the game. You should be like, you know what? Yeah. Fuck it. You lose. Um, sorry. Yeah. Is in though. So that's right. Folks, this is STL City SC. You got to know. You know. You're in the we know. Need to, we need to bring back that other podcast. You remember that other podcast yeah. we used to have? Even? We need to revive it. Yeah, we need to bring that back to life. Justin used to be our taskmaster 
and now he's so busy. Justin and used to be all over it. Yeah, Justin, if you're listening to this, get back on our asses. You gotta, you gotta keep you together. Get the band back together. The people are demanding it. Klaus is back. We need to be back. I'm still trying to figure out what happened to Thornson here. Um, he's brand new. You can't damage him already. He's Swedish or Icelandic or something. Whoa, that was a play and a half. That was wild. Love. Oh, did he get an eye grab? Anyway, uh, so that was your live soccer take for the day. Oh, here you go. Here you go, Stephen. So apparently they thought they gave a yellow card. They got the yellow card mixed up. They thought they were giving it to a guy that already had a yellow card. So then they're like, oh, that is a second or that's a red. But apparently the ref was like, oh, my bad. The wrong, wrong guy with the yellow card. <laughs> nice. Which is hilarious to do in a match that already has a red card. <laughs> hey, what can you do? You know, this isn't important, right? Good job, MLS. Good job, Don Garber. What a sport. Um, yeah, so uh, the New York, the Philadelphia Flyers <laughs> suck, wrench, wash, and repeat. Let's talk a little about the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're old. That's right. And now let's talk <laughs> about the Washington Capitals. Also old. They're old now. I mean, um, at least Pittsburgh's interesting in the sense that they went out yeah, and they got Eric stuff. Carlson. They, uh-huh. They've got... They've also got Rem Pitt, like Dylan. I don't know the rest of these people. Uh, three-way trade with the Canadians, the San Jose Sharks, get Eric Carlson onto the Penguins. I mean, cool move. It seemed like he was going to be moved at some point or another. I know Pittsburgh was attached to him. I know Toronto was also in the rumor mill. And then when you combine Pittsburgh with Toronto's old GM, of course, that's where Eric Carlson's going to go. So that should be interesting. Pittsburgh also got Riley Smith from the Golden Knights uh, earlier in the summer to plug in probably, let's guess, probably right next to Cindy Crosby and he'll score 30-plus goals this year. Um, They didn't do too much in free agency, I don't think. I mean, they got Lars Eller. They got – or they re-signed Tristan Jari. They got Nolachari. Uh, Ryan Graves they got in free agency really Ryan Graves shit six years 4.5 million good for him so they did a few things they got Will Butcher Vinny Henestrosa they kind of shuffled the the deck I mean they rebuilt the their back end pretty significantly with Graves and Carlson yeah, but Carlson is not a defender anymore he can get you right. points right that's sort uh, of like they're gonna have really a da- friggin dangerous have that, year that he had last year this year like, you can't, right? And they didn't really even get any salary re- retained. One point five million. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, it I know, sounded like I know the, I've said this before, but I think Mike Greer. You got to keep an eye on that guy. I know. He, I was going to say, good for him for only retaining yeah. that little, because he was really steadfast. Like I'm not retaining fifty percent, and was kind of like, well, I get that's what you're going to say, but that's what you're going to have to do if you want to move yeah. him. And it's like, nope, that's he didn't. I mean, he took back. He took back Grandland and Hoffman, which are both bad players on bad contracts. But there's such a difference, and, and I'm sure I've said this before, but there's such a difference to me between like having a guy who is a playable NHL player and just paying him a little too much, especially if you're already a bad team, versus having like one contract that's just an albatross on your whole team. You know, like right. paying Mike Mike Hoffman at four point five million is probably 
three, two to three million dollars too much. But paying him for that for one season to get rid of a, the Eric Carlson deal, I'd take that any day, you know? Mm-hmm. And same for Granlin. Like he's making five million for the next two years. Terrible. But again, what are the Sharks doing the next two years? You know, right. they need players on their rosters. And it's not like Granlund is not an NHL player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's a trade that worked out for all the piece of players and teams involved um, for the most part. I'm, I'm not sure what the Penguins, why the Penguins would want Carlson, except he's good. Obviously, Dubas likes him. Um, and you know, they're clearly in like a sunsetting phase. So why not? Like everything about that franchise has to reset when Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and those guys retire anyway. So why not just throw all those eggs in that basket? You know, for real, it's like, I mean, if they could get a young superstar now, it would, he'd still be old enough when Crosby retired that you'd probably have to trade him then anyway, you know? (laughs) So like, why worry about age really when you're thinking about trades? Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to go in a full rebuild. And it's just like the, anyone we have right now is possibly off this team once our core is gone because it's just like no holds barred, complete teardown. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I hope Carlson is as good this year as he was last year. And I think we've kind of gotten to the point where I don't feel comfortable saying, oh, well, you can never count Crosby and Malkin and, and, uh, Latang out and it's like I don't know I think you can they're all very extremely yeah. good players but like you can't I'd... count them out of having a pretty good team I think right. you can count them out of cup contention right that's, there's I think the that's... goal oh thank god your boy Markinich scored it and that that's who right. you were just I've, talking about? I've always said I've always maintained <laughs> that that's one of the best players on city he's uh He's very underrated. So underrated, I hadn't heard of him until this past Sunday. Is it just me or does uh, Thornson look like he's uh, handsome Oscar Sundquist a little bit? Right? I know. I was <laughs> like, you do have an Oscar Sundquist look about you. Maybe if, if he got all the, the handsome genes that Oscar Sundquist clearly missed, with all due respect to Oscar. He got himself a beautiful wife, you know? He's got himself money. He doesn't need the looks. Anyway. Um, Where is yeah. this beautiful house? That's right. This is not wife. my beautiful wife. Yeah, there you go. You got God, that's such a great song. And then on uh, Smartless, he was like, yeah, those lyrics don't mean anything. Dick. Um, anyway, I loved him. I love David Byrne. I think I am John Mulaney. Uh, he just seems like a, like a sweet old man who's also one of the weirdest rock stars of all time, you know? like Oh, yeah. Just such I, a vibe. Watching... Um... God, what is their live concert video? Stop stop making sense. Yeah, I think it's on, or you can at least watch big chunks of it on YouTube. And that's fucking zany. I'm like, dude, you're sweating a lot. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Or doing like a new performance of it for like the 30th anniversary or something. I love how he he had a whole interview where he was like, they were talking about his big suit he wears and that. And he was like, yeah, I just like the way those like samurai dressed with their like giant like shoulder pads and stuff he's like and i was like what if we made that like a suit like a western modern suit and he's like and then i just wore it i'm like and that's all the thought you put into it like yeah i love it he's a wacky dude that's he is but we love him um but yeah i mean penguins are going to be in the playoffs probably your playoff bubble team i mean i can't imagine that the 
a Stanley Cup winner emerges from the Metro Division. So, yeah, that's pretty. That's I mean, pretty hard. I think you're. I you're, think your only shouts are Carolina and New Jersey. Yeah. Carolina, New Jersey, and the Rangers. You assume are your locks for the playoffs, and then it's just Penguins, Islanders, who are probably fighting for that four spot if they even get it. The Atlantic could take five, probably. Right. You know. So uh, let's talk about the Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals got our old friend Joel Edmondson. Yeah, I forgot this about year, that. But talk about teams that are sunsetting. They. Uh, they're not good. And I don't know if we talked about the uh, Tom Wilson extension on this podcast, mm-hmm. but that was a decision. Your thoughts? Yeah, not great. I mean, how old? Let's see. Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson. Did he even play last year? Of course he did. But how many points do you have? He only had 22. Oh, only 33 games. He was hurt. Um, 28 years old. They signed him for seven years. 6.5 million, I think. 32 thoughts or someone was trying to point out the fact that that division's got like tough men in it now. I can't even remember where these tough men are. Now it's two nothing. Excuse me for interrupting. Well, that only makes sense. Yeah. Oh, is it Thorinson? Oh, oh, it was. Ooh, spicy. Good job, hot Oscar (laughs) Sunquist. Um, Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson. There's, yeah, so they were saying something about like that division's tougher now. And I was trying to figure out who the fuck got added to that division to make it tougher. And I was like, maybe they mean like the conference. Someone said something about like, oh, well, the Maple Leafs have Ryan Reeves now. And I was like, and so the Capitals were like, we got to sign Tom Wilson <laughs> long term. I'm like, oh my God, calm the fuck down. Um, I get it. He's their guy. He's, I'm sure he's a locker room guy. He scores. He fights. Like he's literally, I can't imagine him almost. It's harder for me to imagine him not getting a deal like this in the NHL because, like, he's just like old men are just having big old fat boners over this dude. He's like, oh man, he can punch and he scores. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's awful, but it's another situation where it's like, who cares? You know, they're just yeah. going for the OV record and yeah. Whatever. Hey, they signed Max Pacioretty. That's cool. I didn't even know that, but that's cool. Will um, Max Pacioretty ever play again? I don't know. I but don't if know. If he does, he'll play for them. But God, this division's boring. All I'm right, sorry but... that we had to cover this division, but it's in our contract. Sorry, folks. We tried to get a we tried to get Gary to sign a rider and be like, you don't have to talk about the Metro Division, but they wouldn't do it. That's right. um, anything else you want to say about any of these teams or this division? Um, the most boring division, honestly, if like uh, I still, even though the Pacific may not be, they've gotten better, but they're not fantastic. Um, I still find them more interesting than this division. That's what I have to say. I'm, I'm propping up another division. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Tommy Edmond had back-to-back days with walk-off home run. Well, yesterday was a single, I think, but still, you know, pretty good. He walked uh, on three, and he walked off. Three years today, Roman Reigns has been champion. That's oh, something. Um, Ian, what else do you want to talk about tonight? I don't quite want to let the people go home yet. Is there a tier list we want to do? Are there things that we want to talk about? Is there anything that you want to discuss? Tell me about AEW. Tell you about the controversy, the the drama. Oh, oh, god, drama. Okay, 
This is just peak. Now, listen, I want the people at home to know I am not an AEW hater per se. Well, that may not be true. I would love AEW to succeed and be a viable alternative because I think the business is better for it. However, Tony Khan, who owns AEW, is insufferable. He's just as bad as Vince McMahon, but the smart fans decide that he's the good guy. So that's how it works. Um, the wrestling media is in the tank for AEW and the smart fans are all in the tank for AEW. So they just become an insufferable cadre of people that can do no wrong. Right. Um, so this weekend, right. AEW, wrong. Had, AEW had a show in London. And it was at Wembley Stadium. They sold 81,000 tickets. They claim it is the all-time highest ticket-selling event in wrestling history. One of the reasons they claim that is that even though WWE has had many, many events with a higher, higher number of tickets sold on paper, they say WWE makes up all their numbers. So they can just say, well, those numbers aren't real, so ours is bigger. That's very interesting. Um, That's almost a side note, because what happened is, you may or may not know this, Ian, but CM Punk is is involved with AEW. You remember CM Punk from from being CM Punk. From such things as as being CM Punk. Um, So he's involved with AEW. He came in, he returned in Chicago, he got a push, then he had this whole thing about a year ago maybe more maybe less where he the people who run AEW are called the elite they're like the wrestlers who are also the executive vice presidents and they're the young bucks kenny omega um was not young neither none of those three are young uh (laughs) adam page kind of an elite uh, I don't think he's technically an EVP. Cody Rhodes was an EVP, but he saw the writing on the wall and got the fuck out of there. Um, and then am I, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I might not be. It's mostly the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega that you have to worry about. So anyway, uh, however long ago, after pay-per-view, CM Punk has to have this match with this guy, Adam Page, who like trashed him on TV. And he has the match with this guy and he's totally professional. He does the match fine. Um, but then after the show, they had this press conference and he just goes off the rails and he talks all this shit about all these people. And he says, I'm tired. I'm old. I'm hurt. And I work with fucking children. And he oh, just yeah. like reveals all this stuff that's going on behind the scenes. All while Tony Khan is sitting there with his dick in his hand right next to him, you know, unable to do anything. So after this happens, after the press conference ends, Punk goes to his locker room where he is confronted by the elite. A fight ensues and both are suspended for a long time. The elite finally come back. It's assumed for a while that Punk will never come back, but they eventually finally work it out with Punk so that he returns. Except he returned with to do that. They basically created an additional show every week that's just for oh, yeah. punk collision. It's just like the whole idea is like we create this show, punk and his people in the locker room will be on that show, and then the elite and their people will be on the other show, so they don't really have to cross much except at our major, major shows. Oh, yeah, know? it's like, yeah, um, which is. Again, fucking children. I mean, his words couldn't have been more accurate. So that's going along great. Uh, and it's working just fine. They have this event in London. CM Punk gets to the gets to London and there is not a car waiting for him. The number that they gave him for their like 
um, transportation advisor guy doesn't work. And he has to take the tube to his hotel <laughs> as like CM Punk, you know? And so that starts off the whole weekend. Apparently sometime this week, That now we get to the meat of the story. Sorry if you needed to know the backstory. <laughs> Jack Perry, Luke Perry's son, is a wrestler oh, yeah. in AEW. He's supposed to be one of the pillars, which is like the next generation stars, except he kind of has no charisma and is very tiny and not all that good. But he recently turned heel. And I guess earlier this week, he wanted to do a spot where he went through glass, like as part of the spot. And yeah. people tried to talk him out of it and he wouldn't listen to reason. And so they called in CM Punk to be like the elder statesman to be like, hey, you idiot, don't kill yourself in a spot where it doesn't matter and you're not going to make any money and that sort of thing, which is like that used to be commonplace wrestling logic. Like Mick Foley went off the hell in a cell because it was a semi-main event match and arguably the biggest opportunity of his career. You know, he wasn't going to do that on a Monday Night Raw in front of 8,000 people. You know, that's kind of the thinking. Like, you save the dangerous stuff for the biggest and most important opportunities, because else, why else are you doing it, you know? So anyway, CM Punk talks him out of it. Apparently, Jack Perry is offended by this. And so during his match, which is on the pre-show of the pay-per-view this weekend... He does some move to somebody and then he goes over to this car that's on the stage and he knocks on the glass and says something like, see, it's real glass, you know, and says something. He doesn't say CM Punk by name, but like talk some shit, you know, Yeah. whatever. I didn't even know the backstory until someone, my brother, I think later explained it to me. So he's the match. He's the last match before the show officially starts. CM Punk is the first match during the show. When Jack Perry comes to the back, he and CM Punk have words and Punk basically like gets him in a headlock and is going to choke him out. They're separated. Punk threatens that he's not going to go out at all and that he's just done. But then he goes out and has his match. Now they're both suspended, but Punk is going to be temporarily unsuspended because they have another pay-per-view next Saturday, which doesn't make any sense to me, but they do. And presumably he's going to drop I mean, like, it's very possible that he goes to this show, drops his fake because he uh, so the night he did the I'm tired, all that shit. Yeah, speech, he won or retained the world title. So then he was legitimately injured on top of the suspension. So he was out for like six months and he came back and claimed to be the real world champion, which is a very common wrestling thing. And. So now he has the real world championship, even though there's another guy that also has the world championship. So presumably it's very possible that on this Sunday pay-per-view, he goes out and loses his real world championship to a guy who is not the other reigning world champion and then never comes back to the company and is done. And on top of all this fun fact, uh, WWE's Survivor Series, their next big pay-per-view, so quote unquote, is in Chicago. So like if he worked it out, where he left AEW or got released or got fired, theoretically could jump ship and like make his Chicago return to WWE. So it's all quite a story, but it's just also sad because they've had this huge event and this huge success. And like this whole thing is completely overshadowing it now. And I'm sure I've forgotten details of this, but um, that's kind of the the highlights of the story. And it's just like, it's just crazy because it is, it is, a WWE is like too corporate and that's why so many wrestling fans hate it, yeah. you know, 
but then you see this other side and you remember that everybody in this business used to be called carnies for a reason. And <laughs> you start to think, you know, maybe the corporate, maybe there's some advantages there, you know, <laughs> like this kind of crap doesn't happen um very often well, so you don't want carnies well no you do right. want carnies we're only the right kind of carny exactly so that's the summary your thoughts your questions um i'm i it may, would make sense to me that you would want another another um wrestling company to do well just because you know competition breeds like innovation and people pushing each other but yeah when it's like kind of run the way that AEW runs things it just kind of feels like i don't know it just feels silly and like you said it's just like everyone pushing for something that isn't necessarily the best product just because they don't like the other product mm-hmm. yeah which i 100%. get but i'm also like me. it's it's all very juvenile warfare and you should be able to like what you like and not like what you don't like and get over it. Um, but that's not apparently allowed in this sport. So anyway, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Meanwhile, WWE, you know, has been a ton of fun. Um, obviously, um, they lost Bray Wyatt this week, which is deeply depressing and sad. Um, but uh you know otherwise this oh, yeah. has been very fun they have a pay-per-view tomorrow saturday um so yeah it's good it's a good time ian something we'll have to file away for a future episode because i assume we don't want to start it now but the uh um gen one pokemon tier rankings oh damn is something that we should definitely do we should um, I'm gonna tell you this right now. Thoughts. Kingler tier S, baby. Doesn't get Kingler. Kingler. Kingler, he's a giant. Oh, this is gonna be fun. We're gonna fight. Kingler. We're gonna have problems. Can we agree that Execute is like a tier F? <laughs> Bell Sprout. Can you you don't like you don't like Execute's dumb faces. You don't like Execute's dumb face. Well, how about if he had three of them? Would you like it then? Is that better yeah. for you? <laughs> How about if the room was made of barbecue spare ribs? Would you eat it then? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, anything else you want to discuss for the people? The people. No, that's all That's all the hockey energy I got. All right. Well, folks, uh, I was ready to give you 30 more minutes of entertainment, but Ian's demanding that we draw this to a close. So, um uh i guess that's it then i guess we're done i guess me and my friend new friend trevor lawrence is um are gonna go hang out and that's all there (laughs) is to it so anything any final words for the people the people um keep tight hang loose let's get wild (laughs) good night everybody (laughs)